Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a single story long, just a few minutes in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some great storytelling. And we've got some great storytelling for you today. We want to remind you that we bring you a few of these Appleseed Bites each week in preparation for our full hour-long episode drop. That happens on Thursday. That hour, of course, is filled with stories for you and your family. And this Thursday, join us for uh, an hour with a single storyteller. Usually in an Appleseed episode, we'll bring you the work of all kinds of folks. But we're going to spend an hour with our friend Andy Offit Irwin, longtime friend of the show, out from Covington, Georgia, uh, to enjoy an hour in front of our terrific studio audience here in the Appleseed studio. And you won't want to miss uh, that hour filled with stories from Andy. That's coming up on Thursday. In the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by one of our assistant producers, Trent Horton. Trent, it's great to have you with me. Hey, it's good to be here. And we've got something kind of interesting for today's Appleseed Bite, right? Tell us about it. Yes. So it's called The Golden Crane by teller Ann Shimojima, which is a cool name. Um, <laughs> but it is about a young boy named Toto. And he is deaf and mute. He can't hear or talk. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, about him. He lives with, with an old man in his village, who, and he helps him with fishing. And yeah. one day he finds an, a golden crane that has been injured hmm. and seeks to take care of it. Uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, old tales that deal with this same sort of theme, even mm-hmm. an, an injured crane, right? Yeah. Uh, and and this is a great one. And Shimojima is the storyteller, and uh, we're happy to bring it to you here on The Appleseed. Long ago, in a tiny fishing village in Japan, there lived a young boy named Taro. He was not like the other boys in the village, for he could neither hear nor speak. He lived with his father, who was a fisherman. Tato was an intelligent boy, and as he grew older, he learned by watching his father, and all the villagers helped him. Like the other fishermen, his father fished at night, all night long. One night, as he was on his boat, a storm blew up, so strong, the rain pouring down, the wind so wild, and in the morning, he did not come home. All day, Taro stood by the side of the water, waiting, looking out to the horizon for a sign. All day he stood and waited, until at last the sun went down, and he was alone. And then an old man came down from the mountain. Everyone called him Ojisan, which means uncle. He was a friend of Taro's, and he knew that the boy was alone. So he walked up to Taro, standing there by the side of the sea, and he said, Taro, you come home with me. You can live with me. And because the boy could not hear him, he took Taro by the hand, and in the warm circle of light from the lantern that he held, he led Taro to his house up the side of the mountain. And from that day, they lived together. Now, Ojisan was a fisherman, too. He would take his boat out in the early evening and fish all through the night. In the early morning hours, 
Taro would go down to the water's edge and help him unload the boat. But sometimes Taro would wake up early and walk up the mountain from the house to a temple that stood there, and he would wait for the sunrise. For every morning a flock of golden cranes would rise up into the sky and fly overhead. The sky would turn from black to red and then orange and then gold, shining gold, and the flock of golden cranes would rise up, their wings shining in the sunlight, beating in the morning air. And Tata would throw up his arms as if to say, Oh, birds, you are so beautiful. One morning, Oji-san returned from his night's fishing to find Taro waiting for him at the side of the water. The boy seemed distraught. He could not speak, so he grabbed the old man's hand and pulled him toward the mountain path, toward the temple. Up and up they went, and when they came to the temple, there in the road lay a golden crane with one wing injured. Oji-san bent down and carefully, gently slid his arms under the bird. It did not fight him. He carried the bird home and laid it on the floor before the fire. He mixed an ointment and carefully, gently spread it on the wound. Taro tried to feed it a piece of dried fish, but the bird would not eat. Every day, Taro sat by the bird and stroked its body. He watched the bird sleep. Finally, on the third morning, the bird pecked at a piece of fish that Toto held out. Each day, the bird ate a little more and became a little stronger. But by now, word was spreading throughout the village of a golden crane in Oji-san's house. No one had ever seen one of these birds so closely. They began to come, first alone and then in groups larger and larger, to see the bird and marvel at its golden wings, shining so brightly that a light seemed to surround it even in the dark house. One day, a wealthy merchant came to Oji-san's house. He rode a large white horse and wore robes of fine silk. He offered Oji-san ten boxes of gold coins in exchange for the bird. He opened one box. The gold pieces shone as brightly as the bird's wings. Oji-san had never seen so much gold in all his life. But he shook his head. I cannot sell you this bird. It does not belong to me. And he sent the merchant away. One day, the lord of the whole region came to see the bird. He sat in Oji-san's house for a long time, staring at the bird, thinking of the golden cage he would build to hold it. He offered to make Oji-san the headman of the village in exchange for the bird. But Oji-san refused. I am sorry. It is a wild animal. It needs to be free. I cannot sell this bird. Each day... The crane was growing stronger. Tato fed it patiently. Soon it would be able to fly again. 
but stories about the golden crane had spread throughout the country all the way to the emperor's palace and when the emperor heard about this magnificent bird he decided that truly a creature so unusual so beautiful so precious could only belong to an emperor he sent a messenger to the village to announce that he the emperor himself would arrive at the village in one week's time at sunrise to collect the bird ojisan knew then that he would have to give up the bird there was nothing he could do no one dared disobey the emperor the village was in a state of excitement at the thought of their royal visitor everything was cleaned and made ready in one week's time they all gathered in the dark early morning hours out by the side of the road ojisan and taro waited in front and there beside them was the golden crane in the distance they could hear the sound of drums muffled at first and then louder and louder they looked down the road to see soldiers row after row and then the emperor himself riding a huge black horse and at that moment the sun rose over the horizon and the sky turned from black to red to orange and to gold shining gold and the flock of golden cranes rose into the sky flying overhead and then they turned and flew straight toward the village closer and closer their feathers golden in the sun so bright and blinding that the people fell to the ground the soldiers turned away even the emperor had to close his eyes all they heard was the beating of wings and then a boy's voice crying aloud oh birds you are so beautiful the sound of wings faded slowly the people opened their eyes and stood one by one the soldiers turned the emperor looked at the road but the golden crane was gone and taro and ojisan were gone as well carried by the flock of cranes into the light of the rising sun the story told for you by Ann Shimojima, uh, brought to us today by one of our assistant producers, Trent Horton. Trent, thanks for bringing that tale to us. Yeah, it's a good one. And and where does that story take you? Again, this is a story that has themes in it that are repeated over and over again in in a lot of these old tales. Uh, this is a really interesting one. Tell tell us where this takes you. You know, it actually takes me back to a cat that lived in our neighborhood, um, which I think is a common thing. I think there's lots of cats in lots of neighborhoods. Yeah. But this particular cat, I befriended it. Um, it was lurking in our backyard one day, and I somehow managed to get it to, to come over. It was pretty friendly, and and pretty soon it began to visit our house quite often. It would hang around in our backyard, wait for me to come out, and and kind of hang out with me. And eventually we built it a little house to hide in the hide from the rain in and we gave it food every once in a while. And it wasn't it never was injured or anything, but um I have fond memories of caring for this cat. 
and it eventually kind of just disappeared, and I don't know what happened to it, but um, but it was a good cat, and and I, I really enjoyed my time with it. <laughs> you know, we have these connections that we that we make, and sometimes these kind of mysterious connections uh, with uh, uh, either animals that that live with us or animals that don't. You know, animals mm-hmm. that. That that are our pets and animals that are merely our friends. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It was it was a friend. It wasn't a yeah. pet, <laughs> right? And yeah, that's that. Those those uh, connections are are kind of worth remembering and even talking about. You know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it is a pleasure to hear about. Did you did the cat have a name? I called it Dottie. My neighbors Dottie. called it Killer. Uh, some other people in the neighborhood <laughs> called it Popcorn. So okay, it just depends right. on where you are. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So every, so it had friends all over the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and they all gave it names. Yes. Oh, that will we'll call it we'll call it Dottie. Yeah. It's nice to hear about Dottie, and uh, and of course nice to hear this story from Ann Shimojima as well. And join us on Thursday for uh, an episode of the Appleseed filled with stories from Andy Offutt Irwin, who visited us in the Appleseed studio, uh, thrilled us with an evening's worth of tales, and uh, will thrill you too. Join us. Uh, I'm Sam Payne. I can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a bite brought to you by the Appleseed.